0: Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. This is our second part in this series, I Can See Myself, uh, and we're filling in the blanks, talking about different topics. Last week, uh, we talked about I Can See Myself Healed. I can see myself healed both physically and emotionally. It is God's will for us to be made whole, to be healed. And uh, I want you to know if you're in this room and you're not all the way healed, it is God's will for you to be healed. You might be in process, it might be on the way, but God's not done yet, and uh, it is His will for you to be healed. And so today we're going to continue this series. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 11 uh, just to set some groundwork uh, in this. Verse 27, this is Moses talking about Moses, and it says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He saw him who is invisible. The, the, the reason that Moses had faith or perseverance in his journey was because he could see that God was doing something. He was able to see him who is invisible. He was able to see that what I'm going through now is taking me to somewhere, to something. And I want you to know, you might be in transition right now. You might be in process right now. But if you can see what God's doing, if you can trust his process, if you can trust he's good, if you can trust he has it under control, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. But I'll say this, how you see yourself is crucial to your own development. If if you can't see yourself successful, you'd probably never be successful. If you can't see yourself healed, you can't visualize yourself healed, you're probably never going to be healed. If you can't see yourself getting out of debt, you're probably never going to get out of debt. If you can't see, the way you see yourself is important. God has things for you. God sees something for you. But in order for that to come into your reality, you have to see it as well. You have to see it as well. Uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned that, that many people in our culture is that are, 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 have vision that has been so minimized by our current struggle that we're, not, that we're not really contending for all that God has for us. What I mean by that is that it, it, maybe you used to have vision for the most amazing marriage and now you have vision to stay married its different, is life hits us in different ways and seasons and we lower our expectation but i want you to see yourself the way god sees you i want you to line up your life with the word of god and see something in yourself that he sees i want to i want you to see yourself i want you to see yourself healed and we'll talk about another one out of philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. He has been in prison. He has been in chains. It has not been a great season. And he, and he writes this, I am not saying this because I am in need, although he was in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. That right there will preach. Yeah. He has learned to be content Whatever the circumstances, wouldn't that be amazing if you could say that of yourself? I'm just content no matter what the circumstances. Man, I'm doing great, I'm content. Doing bad, I'm content. Whatever it is, I have contentedness in my heart. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. There's a secret. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul learned the secret of having contentment. He learned the secret that even in the midst of a prison, that he would be able to be content. He said that he had been in need, and he was content. He had everything he could ever want, and he was content. He had identified the secret of this contentment, and this contentment led to his joy. And I'll tell you this, contentment fuels joy. You will never walk in joy if you do not have contentment. Contentment needs to fuel that feeling or that emotion of joy. And I want to just talk just for a couple minutes from this subject. I can see myself happy. Happy. Can you see yourself happy? Can can you see yourself? When you look into your future, do you see yourself happy? When you look at your job for the next 30 years, do you see yourself? uh, Someone just got stressed out. Do you see yourself happy? When you see yourself in your future family, do you see yourself happy? Are you able to visualize happiness in your future? For for many people, they can't visualize happiness because we don't visualize actual happiness. What we visualize are scenarios. So in other words, if I were to have you visualize happiness, you would say, money. Which money isn't happiness, but you have visualized that in order to be happy, you have to have money. So I have to have a new car, or I have to have this, or I have to have a bigger house, or I have to... And and I'll, I'll tell you this, comparison is the assassin of joy. Comparison will kill your joy faster than any other thing. It is an enemy. It is violent. It just attacks joy and robs it of life. For for many of us, the way we see ourselves is different than the way others see us. Like, like when I look at you and I follow you on social media, you're winning, I mean you're amazing, you're incredible, your life looks really good. You're winning and you're winning and you're winning and you're winning and, and, then, and then I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I see myself losing. So. Then I try to have what you have so that I can have the happiness that I assume that you have. And so in, so in lies the problem of our chase after this feeling of happiness. Happiness Happiness isn't a situation. Happiness isn't a scenario. Happiness isn't a person. Happiness, it's so, when we say we're happy, we're saying that we like the way our circumstances are aligning. That is what makes me so curious about Paul is because Paul did not have circumstances that were good, yet he was saying, I'm content, and that contentment fueled his joy. Later, he says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We see this progression happening, but it's not because Paul had ideal scenarios. He didn't have ideal circumstances. This is Paul's secret. Paul's secret to contentment was learning to live from the inside out instead of the outside in. Th- th- this is Paul's secret. When he said, I have learned the secret of being content, this is what it was. It doesn't matter what's happening on, on the outside of me, I have found contentment inside. And now I'm living inside out. Do you know how mo- almost 100% of believers live their lives? Outside in. If everything's going my way, I'm happy. If things are not going my way, I'm unhappy. If everybody's talking to me correctly, respecting me, I'm happy. If they're not, I'm unhappy. Isn't it crazy how fast a day can turn around? I mean, you can be as happy as they come. I mean, you can just have the best day of your life. In a second, it can switch. In a second, it can just turn into a bad day. You 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 ever been like driving back roads on like a summer day, windows down? Just the favorite song playing, sunroof open, you're cruising. It's just like perfect. You know, you just got to think to yourself like, man, I'm so happy. <laughs> About that time, you see red and blue lights behind you. And all of a sudden, the happiness is gone. Right? Like in, like in a second. This, is a, this happened to you? Am I the only? Okay, this is a little confession. It was a long time ago. Uh, but it's like gone. In, 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 in just a flash, in, in a second, I was happy, now I'm not. And, and the progression of thought when you get pulled over is hilarious. Right, because, well, maybe I'm the only one on this too, but but the, the first thing I think is like, why me? <laughs> Look at it, somebody was passing me, which means everyone fast, why you gotta pick on me? Why's it gotta be me? You don't like my car? You don't like me? What's the problem? Then, the second excuse is this, I didn't even see you, man. <laughs> you know, it's never, like, entered my head that, like, maybe I was just going over the speed limit, right? It's like, we, we feel like police should, like, make sure that we know they're there, right? Like, okay, coming around the corner, slow down, thank you, officer. Like, like there's, there is a certain officer that, that hangs close to the proximity of this building, and, um, he, and he's like, he has it out for me. And I'll warn the staff. I'll put on the group text. I'll text Jamie like, "Hey, watch it! All the um, my sisters that live in our house like, watch it. He's back. Cause like, you gotta you gotta like have a heads up. Like he's there. He's waiting. And that can flip your day fast. I mean, just just in a second. Outward circumstances have a tendency to change or affect our happiness so quickly. This is why Paul's secret is such a secret and why it is so powerful. Because Paul figured out how things could go bad around him, yet he still was content. Yet he was still happy. He still had joy. And there's a difference between joy and happiness, and we'll talk about it. But at the end of the day, I want you to be able to look in the mirror and say, I can see myself happy. I can see myself happy. Joy, joy. Uh, in order for us to have joy, it's gotta be a couple different things, but I think this is, this is really key. Joy is a result of what I value. For most people, they only be happy, or they only have joy if they receive the things that they value. For instance, if the perfect marriage is what you value, your joy is coming as a result of that value, and unless you have the perfect marriage, you will not have joy. Because your value is on this place of perfection. Joy is a result of what I value. Happiness is a result of happenings. This is why it's affected so much. Is, is My happiness is a result of what is happening around me. Happy equals good things outside of us. Joy equals good things in us. Listen, your value system has to be different of that of the world. The comparison battle, the, 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 the cultural understanding of what it is to make it. Like, let me just ask you this. If your situation got worse, would you be happy? Well, of course I wouldn't be happy if my situation. This is, this, is so, this is why it's so intriguing what Paul is saying. Things are getting worse. And he's like, I found it. I found the secret. We're like, yeah, Paul, I don't want that secret, man. Your life is going the wrong way. You're on the wrong trajectory. You used to be great. Now you're in prison. Like, this is not, this is not what I want. But he had found something in of, in of himself that was giving him contentment, and now he was living from that inside place out. My value system, my value, what I value has to be different than the world's value system. You need to get your value from a different place than social media. You need to get your value from a different place other than television. You need to get your value from a different place other than what is culturally okay, culturally popular, culturally acceptable. you got to find it in a different place. we got to value something that's deeper, that's bigger, that's more effective than just having what the world says I need to have. If if I don't drive the latest, if I'm not, my house isn't the biggest, if all of these things, if they affect my happiness, I can recognize that my value is coming from the wrong thing. Joy is a result of what I value. Joy is also a result of how I count or what I count. Now, I'll explain this to you because in the book of James, chapter 1, there's a passage of scripture, and it says this in the New King James Version. It says, my brethren, count Count, add it up. Anybody love math? Not too many. Count it all, joy. Now it'd be okay if we stopped right there. Count it all, joy. Be blessed, brother, see you next Sunday. That'd be good, But it doesn't stop. It says count it all, joy, when? You fall into various trials. Isn't that how it is too? It's never like a subtle descent into trials. It, it is always a fall into, it's like here we are life's ruined, red and blue lights, it's over, he says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work or finish its work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, lacking nothing, Now, if you look at commentaries about this passage of scripture, this is what theologians will tell you. They'll tell you that what it's meaning by counted up is to add correctly, which the correct way to add in this scenario is to start from the sum and work backwards. So for many of us, we look at the trouble from yesterday, the trouble of today, and we think, how is God going to use our tomorrow? But what the writer is saying is I want you to add it up the right way. When I say count it all joy, I want you to start at the sum, which is believing God has a good plan for me, that God has a good future for me, that God is working on my behalf, that God is making a way where there seems to be no way, that God is going to use my life to make a difference. I'm going to start there at the finished product, and then I'm going to work backwards. So I'm going to count up what happened yesterday, what happened last year, what happened today, I'm going to add it up backwards knowing that everything I'm going through is bringing me to something on the other side. If I'm going to count it all joy, I've got to count it from the finished product back because the only way for me to have joy in the midst of it is to know what God is doing and where God is taking me. Does it make sense to anybody? If you know me at all, you know that like I like, I like things really like nice, clean, Alright? Like, I'm like a minimalist. I don't like a lot of stuff, clutter. Like, I like my house clean. All the time. Some of you, like, if I said I was coming over for lunch today, you'd be like, um, gotta go. Because you gotta get your house ready. But my my philosophy is this. You would never have to get your house ready if it was always ready. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, if you just, I, I know, this is amazing. It's amazing. Some of you that just changed your life right now. If you kept it ready, you would never have to run home and scramble and clean it. Now, now Jamie and I, would just celebrate our anniversary, 12 years, and, and she is, she's still praying for me that I would change my opinion on this. She actually has an intercessory prayer team, and they're all interceding. But... Right now, if you, and if you know me, you'll, you'll understand this. Right now, our house is kind of getting remodeled. We're remodeling a couple of things. And uh, so they told me that I could not use my house. Upstairs, couldn't use any of the bathrooms downstairs. Only we could use our bedroom, Jamie and I's bedroom. That's it, for seven days. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. That means, like, we got some really big changes going on, which means Jude and Genesis are now moving into our room with all of their snacks and their toys and their animals, and I literally have to get so fatigued during the day that I walk in the house and just pass out on the bed so I don't feel the Ritz crackers stuck to my back. You know what I'm saying, like, like this is not, that's not right, that's not right. And honestly, I, I, I could lose my, I lost my happiness. I lost my joy, it's gone. I can't see myself happy, I can't see myself okay. Like, I don't have a safe place. So this is what I did. I made my safe place my car. All right, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm to say it's, it's clean, it's peaceful, it's just nice. And I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you the secret of contentment. Okay, I, I'll sometimes in my car I'll pull up pictures of the finished product. Right? Because my house is like tore up right now. So I'll pull up pictures of the finished product. And and when I see the finished product, then I realize. Whatever is there today, no matter what the dust is, no matter what I can use or can't use, no matter how broken it is or messy it is, no matter how stressful it is, it doesn't matter. Because in seven days, it's going to look like this. This is what James is saying. He says, you can count it all joy if you count right, which means I'm going through something today, and it's only because it's bringing me me to something tomorrow. So tomorrow is my future hope that makes me be able to endure today. Some of you are going through a brain remodel, a heart remodel, a marriage remodel, a relationship remodel, and God's working. And if you don't see the end product, you could give up. And you can lose your joy, but if you can see that God is working in you to perfect you, that God is working in you to develop something, that God is working in you to get you to that. Maybe you just got to pull up a picture of your future and just trust and believe that everything I'm going through today is taking me to that. That's what having faith is or hope in or being able to see yourself Happy is knowing that my current situation has an expiration date and that I can count it all. I can count it up. I can count it all as joy because the only way I'm going to get the product that I want in my house is to tear up some stuff that's there already. So I have to count all of that tearing up, all of that inconvenience. i got to count it up as as joy because it's going to give me what I want. It's going to give me what I want. Joy is a result of how I count. This, is, this was Paul's secret. That joy is not found in the absence of external pressure, but in the presence of internal contentment. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as affected by the external pressure. I have found in myself an internal place of contentment. I'm okay. For many of you, that's like a shock to be able to just think of yourself as like, no, I'm okay. I'm okay if I never get that, if I never get him, if I never get this, if I never get her, if I never I'm okay. I'm 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 okay. I've found the place of contentment, which fuels the place of joy. Joy is a result of where I'm connected. Joy is a result of where I'm connected. Now, I'll explain this one as well. Joy is a result of where I'm connected. Galatians chapter 5, it says this, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, y'all know about the fruit of the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Stop. It's the only one we're working with anyways. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy. You know what we love? We love the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, yeah. Talk about some power. Talk about raising some dead and prophesying, reading people's mail and some faith, healing body. Ah, ah. Like, like, I love it too. I love it too. But not at the expense of the fruit. Now, 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 there's a difference between gifts and fruit. Okay, a gift is given. You can give a bad person a gift, you can give a good person a gift. The gift doesn't make them good. The gift doesn't make them bad. The gift doesn't make, them, doesn't make them a good leader. The gift doesn't make them worth following. The gift is just given to them. In fact, in the Old Testament, God used all kinds of people and animals. And if you read it in the King James Version, which I highly recommend you doing later, it says that God used a donkey. They use a different word for donkey, but it's in the King James. It's in your Bible. I'm not going to say it today. I'll say it Tuesday at the gathering. God used a donkey. Nobody said, man, can we get that donkey to be the pastor of our church? It's, he's gifted. Like, nobody's saying that. But that's how our Christian community works right now. If we see a gift, we're like, oh my goodness. But listen, if you have a gift and you don't have fruit, the only thing you are is gifted. The fruit is a natural byproduct of your connection to the Spirit of God. The only identifying factor of your connection to God is the fruit, not the gift. Well, Pastor, like I don't have much love, but but I'll prophesy what you ate for breakfast yesterday. I don't listen, I don't care. If you don't have love, if you don't have peace, all you got some gifts, everybody's got gifts. You know the difference of the gifts that you see are only in the person's ability to use them, not actually in people that are way more gifted than you. You actually have the same access anybody else does. Someone just learned to use what they have. So gifting is not what we should make room for. You can say it like this. Character is what upholds gifting. Or if you want to say it another way, the fruit of the Spirit is my natural byproduct of me being connected to Jesus. So fruit is the byproduct of connection, which means that that joy should be an outcome. Not just an option, it should be an outcome. Like it should be coming from me. I should be bearing fruit. I've told people this, even in counseling, like sometimes you just have to choose joy, which I believe, is there some element of choice that you have to decide for yourself that I'm going to do better, that I'm going to choose? But I'm going to tell you, an, an apple tree is not like, doesn't have apples, and all of a sudden he's just like, i got to choose apples. <laughs> apples! Apples, come out! I mean, in the, no effort, no. He's just healthy and connected. And a byproduct of the health and a byproduct of the connection is fruit. Is fruit. Some of us are like, joy! Joy. You guys like that? Joy. I'm like I'm amusing myself. I'm not getting any more joyful. Red and blue lights behind me. Joy! Like, It's not working. What I need is a connection. What I need is a healthy heart and a healthy life that is connected to the vine that is Jesus. And my connection to him will make sure that I produce fruit from me. And that fruit is joy. Joy should be coming from your life as a byproduct of your connection to him. We gotta we got be, got be connected. I got something for you, I wanna I want show you this. This is a little dangerous, but just don't worry about it, okay? Somebody like, Dustin, should you be operating a power tool? You know, I had somebody tell me like, I, we, I didn't even know you had power tools. I'm like, don't let the naked ankles fool you. Like, I got some, I got some tools, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This thing, um, this is, you know, this is a good little drill. It's battery power. It's, it's a deluxe version. Slim battery, flashlight, you know what I'm saying? It's like this thing, this thing's real deal. Other day I was working on the boys' bunk bed, need to fix something, and I went in there, went to work, and um, the battery was dead. So I'm like, okay, that's, I, but I have a backup battery. So I went and got the backup battery. Only problem is I didn't charge the backup battery. So the backup battery's dead. And so I'm like, okay, project's over. <laughs> Jamie, I did what I could with what I had. All right, like, this, this project's over. The, the problem with a battery is that it always has a shelf life. A, a battery will always eventually die. There is not a battery that just will last for the rest of time. It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's temporary the battery will die and when this one dies you got to get a new one and that one doesn't work you got to get a new one and when that doesn't work you got to get a new one and you can keep on replacing batteries but it doesn't mean that the battery's ever gonna last forever you just have to keep on running from battery to battery now I'm gonna show you something else now when all the batteries die now a lot of you young people in this room you're not I'm gonna blow your mind this right here see y'all don't even know what this is they're like Hey, there's a stringy thing hanging from the bottom of that drill. It's called a cord, okay? They used to have these things. Anybody in here old enough to remember, like, phones with cords? And then, like, your mom would try to have a private conversation, that cord would, like, be all the way through the house. The door would be shut with a cord coming out from underneath it. I'd be like, Mom, we're hungry. But if I saw that cord underneath the door, it's like, don't knock on the door. Like, this is, this, this is like, this is yesteryear, okay? This is, this is a long time ago. Now, now, now the, the cool thing about this, although it's not convenient. Okay, this is not convenient. I mean, look at this. This cord. It's pathetic. <laughs> the, 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 the conven- it's not convenient, but, but the, the cool thing about the cord is it connects to a source that, that never runs out of battery. It's wild. I mean, you can just all day on, all I mean, 365, 24 days, I mean, like, whatever that phrase is. I got it in the first service by the force phone. Every day, you could duct tape the trigger down and it'll just run. It'll just work. It'll never run out. It'll never be on empty. It'll just work because it's it's connected. Now here's here's the thing. For many of us, our joy or our happiness is battery powered joy, which means we find a situation that will meet the need. And we slap it on, and we use it as long as we can. And when she doesn't work anymore, oops, oh sorry, that's too much for the fourth. When 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 the uh, something else, another example. When when what we're using doesn't work anymore, doesn't make us happy anymore, then we had to get a new one. And most people's joy looks like a cordless drill, and they're running after battery after battery after battery after battery because I have to function, I have to work, so I gotta find, I gotta find something. But it'll always run out. But to those that know how to connect to the source, it'll never run out. It will never. Did you know your joy is a byproduct of, a byproduct of what you're connected to? That if you can connect to the source, fruit will begin to come from your life. Here, here, here's the wild thing is this is you plug in instant power. But fruit is different. You can't find a tree that produces instant fruit. You have to connect, you have to be healthy, and you have to wait. The Bible says there's springtime and harvest. There's seasons. The Bible says do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season, in the right season, in the right season. That means sometimes i got to wait. So sometimes I got to be connected longer than what I when uh, I got to be connected even when I don't see the answer. I've got to be connected even when I don't see the result. But I got to trust that if I stay connected and if I stay healthy, I will eventually begin to bear fruit. Joy is a byproduct of what you're connected to. You've got to connect to the source, you've got to do away with temporary fixes, temporary happiness, temporary joy. And you have to connect to a source that will last that's why paul was able to say what he said is he said i found the secret the secret was a source it wasn't a patch it was a source it wasn't just a quick fix it wasn't just convenient it was a source I, i was thinking about this this week and thinking about paul like when he wrote this Okay, so, so it'd be one thing if Paul wrote this after he got out of everything, right? Like, he's been through it. He's been in prison. He's been in chains. He's been beaten, and now he's out, and he's sitting in his mansion, and he has the candles lit and the music playing, essential oils filling the air, and he's writing, I have found the secret of being content, Right? We'd be like, oh, Paul. That wasn't it. In fact, he's still in trouble. He's still in pain. And this is how I picture it. I picture him like... Down and and, and Jamie and I, we've got to visit some of like the cells, jail cells, where, where Paul actually wrote some of these books. And and a lot of these jail cells are like below, like deep in like a like a basement, like a uh, just a prison. It's just terrible. And people, the streets would be above it. And the guards would actually look through the grates down in the prison. And 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 I imagine they're like looking down and um, imagine they're looking down and looking at Paul. And Paul's down there and he's writing. And I think I this is how I picture. I don't know if this is right. This is how I picture. I picture Paul like, kind of like laughing to himself, like ha ha, woo, ha ha, and the guards like, he's lost it. He's lost his mind. And Paul thinking, oh my goodness, life thought it had me. <laughs> my back is still bleeding. I still have chains on my wrist. And I'm so happy. I'm so, I'm so happy. Just down there, just giggling. Just pause, just giggling. Just ha. <laughs> Woo! I'm happy. Paul, you're in prison. I know. I'm happy. I'm, you see the disconnect in our world? We don't understand this. We think, well, as soon as you get out, then you can praise God that He delivered you from the bottomless pit. And no, while you're there, you can have joy in it, you can have joy through it. You can have joy. All hell can break loose around you, and you can have joy because joy is not based on outward situations or circumstances. Joy is based on an inward contentment, and that contentment fuels my joy. So Paul could say, I've found the secret. Of being content. It is not in the outward circumstances of me being influential or me having means. It is in my own heart recognizing I'm okay. I'm okay. If she never changes, I'm okay. If he never changes, I'm okay. If I never make more money, I'm okay. If I never get that house, I'm okay. If the situation never changes, I'm okay. I'm going to count backwards. I know what he has for me is good. I can just count backwards right into the trouble and know I can have joy in the midst of it. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.